friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin colleague, Jay. Hey, quack, quack. That's what I was saying recently. Quack, quack, baby. Colin going hard on the quacks today. Um, (laughs) All right, we have a special episode today. Normals will remember, last episode... I said that we did this movie Relaxer a few months ago for the pod, and uh, I'm on a mission to uh, get everybody in the world to watch this movie and their other movies, and if you thought I was playing, you're wrong, because I have never tricked nor played, so (laughs) (laughs) this episode will be relevant to that journey for me as well, and my pal Kali is supporting my... (laughs) I wouldn't say supporting. I would say... (laughs) I am not standing in your way. <laughs> I am not enabling. I am allowing. You're enabling. I am I am just being <laughs> passive to the whole thing. I just get text. Hey, it's coming on. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. I, I hey, think. You better bleep that name. We didn't introduce the guest. Oh, yet. right. <laughs> bleep. <laughs> All right. Companion pieces. Uh, Normal should check out our last week's episode on baby teeth with Jackson Ezinga and also our episode on relaxer, obviously. So our guest today, uh, I've listed our guest's credits on pod before. He is a rocker in the <gasps> band Chance Jones. Sorry, I was doing rock. He's also an actor, the star of aforementioned movie. That would be our guest, my pal Joshua Burge. Hell yeah. Oh, Say uh, hi. Talk now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. Colin, Kayla. You're in. <laughs> Colin, Kayla. Hello. Hello. It was so hard to stay silent and not laugh during the intro. Really? I, I was, yeah, I was like muffling my mouth over, you know, with my hands. And I, yeah. No that's, way. That's great. How you guys doing? We're, uh, we're living, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm doing fine. You know, I'm feeling better. I had, a, I've been, I've already had like a an M shaped morning. It started what did that out, mean? like started out low, got high, went low again, got high again, went low. Wait, I'm doing well now. I've had some ups and downs. I don't know what shape it's been. I don't need to define that. You don't need to know that. <laughs> did you go to shape college or what? <laughs> Yeah, so with an M, though, you have two peaks, whereas if it were a W, you'd have two valleys. Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. You want the W. I, I'm having a W day. Flip that <laughs> M upside yeah, W. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going from uh, Mega to Wumbo, yeah. Hell yeah. We're in, I'm having a polar vortex out here. It's Jealous 30. of the oh, LA you, weather. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Uh, I I accidentally was on the phone with my mother yesterday, and I you said, accidentally yeah, were. Oh, well, no, I, I, I said I, 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 I said accidentally. The phone call was very intentional, um, but uh, it slipped out of my mouth. I'm like, yeah, it's getting chilly here, and she's like, well, how cold is it? And I said, dip down to 61. Damn. And, and she's just like, you're gonna have to stop talking about the weather with all of your friends and family that are still in Michigan. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. It is nine degrees here. There is over a foot of snow Ugh. on the ground, and it is still snowing. 
and it's a low of negative nine tonight. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, I I had enough of the Ice Planet Hoth. That was the final <laughs> nail in the coffin for me. I just remember driving, uh, riding rather in a car with a friend of mine, and I was like, I can't do this another year, man. Like, yeah. he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and it was like the middle of January, and I'm just like this this winter, I can't do another one. He's like, where are you gonna go, L.A.? And like, kind of laughed, and I'm like, yeah, I think maybe. <laughs> And that's oh, exactly man. what I did. So I just, I, I had had enough. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Oh man, it's totally fair. Incredible. Man. I, uh... Anyway, snow. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah, we should do um, pod stuff. <laughs> I guess. I want to keep talking about weather. Yeah. I'm talking <laughs> meteorological vomit. <laughs> Yo, is, yeah, is this weather vomit? <laughs> Okay, uh, we should also say, we got to tease up top that Josh going to play us a song at the end of the pod, and you know we love to rock, so Hell yeah. it's going to be great. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, so we should ask you questions. I am not great at getting into interviewing. Oh, I got, <laughs> I got, I got some. How many movies you watch a week, you think? It depends. You know, I'm a big documentary guy, mm. actually. Oh. And lately, just okay. for a change of pace, I've been kind of listening to a lot of podcasts and uh, watching them on YouTube and stuff. So that's kind of been like a lot of my cycle while I'm doing other work or doing whatever, kind of have that on. Because there's people that have a lot of the same sensibilities I do, and I think it's cool. There's some of the travel ones that they do where they go around the different roadside attractions and things like that. They're interesting. A lot of the comedians that used to play at the comedy store that used to do sets, okay. their stand-up, they obviously are not able to do stand up anymore but they uh have really great podcasts and that's what i spend most of my time kind of watching along with various documentaries but um when i was doing a lot of film viewing which i did basically my whole life yeah i mean two or three films a day easy yeah it's all i had to do you know i (laughs) didn't i didn't uh, junior high and high school, I didn't really have that many friends or anything. So as soon as I could like get a video card and go to the, my neighborhood video store, like I'd get three movies yeah. a day or something, and, and that was my that's what I did. What were some of your faves when you were younger? A lot of the ones that I'm still kind of a fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, being there was big when I saw that with Peter Sellers, which then I ended up being a big Peter Sellers fan. That's one of the things I really loved about film because I grew up in an era where there wasn't the internet yeah. really yet. Yeah. And so you kind of, it had to be kind of word of mouth or maybe you had a book about movies like Video Hound or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like you didn't really know like what was out there. So you just kind of went to a video store and you'd saw things and like I heard about the Godfather. I should probably watch that. Mm-hmm. I heard about The Exorcist. I should probably rent that, you know, and that's about the only way that you could do it. And then one thing would lead to another. And it's like, well, that was the director that made this. I'll watch the other films that this person made, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and just one thing kind of leads to another that way. But there was no obviously Netflix where it's just there's this whole interface telling you what you should watch based on some algorithm or whatever you know I liked a lot of horror films you know from the 80s and camp stuff that was always kind of entertaining I'd always grab one of those I was a big Woody Allen fan I don't know if you're still allowed to say that or not but (laughs) but I, I loved his films when I was growing up like he was great Scorsese Spike Lee the New York guys New York was a fascinating subject for me when I was sure. a kid, so I, I loved anything that had to do with New York. I was never really turned off by anything, I should say that. Mm, like, yeah. You know, I guess I'm not a huge animation guy. I guess that's one thing that I've tried really hard in my life to get into. I'm, I don't know why. You know, I'm I the same know. way. 
I'm the it's same hit or way. Miss. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, it's very bizarre. I'll watch pretty much anything, but I just really can't get into animated stuff. I don't know. I've tried. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Yeah, it's just something about it is like I, I get anxiety when I watch. It. I don't know. No, I, maybe there was something in my youth that happened that I need to talk to a therapist about. I don't know. But. <laughs> For whatever reason, I just can't get into animation. Yeah. Right? Interesting. I get that. So when Joel uh, Petrikas, director of Relaxer, approached you about acting in his movies way back when, mm-hmm. you were just rocking then. You were not acting. Had you considered acting at that point? No, I hadn't considered acting at that point. The first film that Joel and I worked on was one called Coyote. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to be a part of that after like some conversations that we had at a friend's birthday party or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I had gone to school for filmmaking. That's yeah. what I went to university for. And during my time at university, I didn't last very long. I That's when I fell in love with music. And again, the New York thing, I went to New York for a while on an adventure. And I'd kind of given up on whatever filmmaking dreams that I had. So because of the music stuff, Joel saw me performing and said, uh, you know, if you can do that on stage, you can probably do it in front of a camera. How would you like to come make this film with me? Mm -hmm. And I jumped the chance to get back into filmmaking because I loved it. So I never thought I would do it as an actor. Mm -hmm. But he said, well, that's that's what you have to do in this band. (laughs) 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 I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'll... I'll learn it and figure it out. <laughs> what was that like? Like, did you have actors that you were like, oh, try and do what this guy does? Or Well, no, for for Coyote, yeah. I mean, we shot that kind of like, there's a great scene in Richard Attenborough directed Chaplin, the biopic with Robert Downey Jr. Okay. who plays Charlie Chaplin. And there's a great scene where Max Sennett, I think he's played by Dan Aykroyd in the film, and he's just like, okay, run, now jump, now dive, now, oh, you're surprised by a kiss. Oh, now you're, and he's just telling all the actors what to do as they go. Mm-hmm. And then famously Chaplin goes up and does his own thing and Max Sennett just lets it go. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like, I, I was thinking of that scene because that's kind of how we did Coyote because we were shooting on Super 8 mm-hmm. and we couldn't really burn film. So yeah. you, we really had like a, you know, a very small budget. We didn't want to waste any time. So Joel's just like, look, man. We'll rehearse, but then once the camera's going, I'm just going to yell out the direction because it's not going to matter because there's no audio. Yeah. And so I was, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll just do that. So that was a whole other exercise that I don't. It's kind of acting, I guess, but like also it's just kind of reacting yeah. more than anything. So it wasn't until eight that I really like started like like I bought like a Stella Adler book and a Stanislavski book and a mm. Lee Strasberg mm-hmm. book, you know, and like I just that's when I started like watching interviews with actors and just kind of trying to figure out how to actually do this thing. So that didn't start till about 2011. Hell yeah. Do you think um well over time you did get to kind of do a little bit of the filmmaking parts of the movies, right? You got to help with like editing down the script and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, we would always with Joel's films, we had a a lot of read-throughs and things where we'd all get together, the whole Sob Noise family, you know, there'd be nine of us or how many ever of us uh-huh. were in a room and we'd do a table read and then we'd figure out like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense and logistically, does this work? Does that not work? So we had so much time to put into pre-production. And again, it just goes back to being as efficient as possible once you're in production. Mm-hmm. So you don't waste money and you don't waste time. Sure. And so that whole process would be like months, which was a luxury to have months leading up 
you know, mm-hmm. to the actual mm-hmm. shoot. But so because most of the people in Sabnoiser studied film at some point in their life, so they all have like very wonderful sensibilities and, and an approach to uh, discussing the material. And it's just a really great environment to be in as a result of that. But I mean, yeah, once once the film wraps, I'm I'm out of it. Like Joel, his favorite thing to do is to edit. So he yeah. loves like sitting, mm-hmm. sitting in the editing suite like that's when he feels like he can really make the story yeah. come to life. So that's all him for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you think you ever will like get into doing the whole thing? Yeah, I think so. I would like to. Yeah, I, I've written a f- written a few things. Yeah, uh, here and there. Yeah, yeah. I'm still kind of thinking about that. I write a little too lofty, I think, for maybe what is actually achievable mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> at this point for me. Um, securing money and finances. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not uh, it's not something I I excel at. Um, so. All right. I want to ask about relaxer. Yeah. I want to know what it was like for you because your character i mean you sit down forever you never get to move your little bones around and being covered in all those everything that you were covered in i guess yeah various substances (laughs) various substances and like i mean you had like fingernails and like skin stuff yeah 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 so did your bones lock up (laughs) were you able to stand (laughs) were you actually happy by the end <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, it didn't get to that point. But like halfway through the shoot, I remember asking Joel, I'm like, hey, man, do you think if uh, Daniel Day Lewis worked on this movie that he would have just sat on this couch th- the whole time? <laughs> and he's just like, like yes, acting. he would have. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yes, he would have, Josh. And I'm like, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's, that's fine, man. <laughs> no, it was, um, you know, that's one of those movies that I kind of wish there was a uh, smell of vision existed. Oh, there God, was, no, no, we, <laughs> there were some, there were some moments, you know, yeah. uh, we shot that movie in July mm-hmm. and uh, we built the set in a garage right. and there was very little to no ventilation. There's no ventilation. I'm just going to come out and say yeah. it. there was no ventilation and there were all the, the lights uh-huh. and uh, all of the uh, effects that were obviously practical. And we're made up of various substances. Yeah. And some of them got into the carpet and the couch mm. and they weren't easily removed. And so in the hot July heat. And the dead bird. Yeah, it was a real dead bird. I know. <laughs> we talked about it with Jackson on the last. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, yeah. No, it was weird because we had the bird taxidermied. We didn't kill the bird. Right. First of all, that, yeah, I'm sure Jackson went over all this yeah. <laughs> with you, but. Um, I mean, I there was a scene that didn't make it in the movie where like I cradle it in my bare chest. <laughs> Wait, the one that's the full body bird or the one that's missing all his yeah, guts? Yeah, the full body, okay. the full body yeah. bird. <laughs> so even though it was like taxidermy and we took care, it still smelled like roadkill. I mean, it was so rancid. Yeah. And I'm just holding it against my body. I'm just like, do I have to go get shots after this? <laughs> like, I don't know how to. My God. <laughs> but you were committed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that scene ended up on the cutting room floor, but hey, man, you don't treat you don't treat it like that on the, on the day. <laughs> no, but I mean that's so many of those things are the fun of making movies with your buddies, Masab Noise and Joel, especially. Yeah. Like this, just because you, you just do so many crazy things, and yeah, um, Joel loves to get you super fucked up in all his movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, he relishes in it. <laughs> Uh, what did you do to him to uh, make him love to make you suffer so much? I, I don't know. I just said yes. 
I just said yes. He just wants I, to see how far he can push you. Yeah, he's like, I, I remember uh, during Buzzard at one point, like it was very early on in the shoot. We, we shot for like about a month. Uh-huh. It was a 30-day shoot, something like that. And like very early on, like day four, he's like, what can we do, man? Like we're always having to walk and eat. There's got to be something else. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And he's like, what about we hit you with a car? <laughs> And I'm like, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm like, look, man, I'm willing to, I'm willing to do this. You know that I'm willing to do this, but it's day four. Like, let's do this on day 29 or something because we're going to screw up the rest of the schedule if we do it. Something goes wrong right now. Let's hit you. Yeah, day one, car oh at you, God. 40 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no yeah. stunt double. That's hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't actually end up getting me hit by a car, but um, I mean, well, but uh, but I was still willing to do it. Like you know, Joel's <laughs> yeah. like Joel is also really great about like he practices all of his own stunts before he puts any of the actors or talent through anything. Oh, so he nice. would have gotten hit by a car first. Yeah, he would have done the, the, the run through, <laughs> and I would have stood on the side and watched it and gone, "Ugh, that's what I got to go do." And then <laughs> wait, when he came up with this idea, was this before or after like the hot pockets to the face uh, throw? Um, when you throw the bucket. it was after it was after because yeah so we, we did all, all the basement stuff was the first uh, three or four so days so maybe he was like a little brain damaged um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, that's it's funny you reminded me yeah we did the basement stuff all in the, in the very first <laughs> few days and then that's when we started going into location and started like you know coming up with these weird ideas and stuff so that's it's interesting <laughs> yeah yeah Hell you yeah. mentioned that what's like or is there a direction that you've received from a director that you have not felt comfortable or quest like most questionable kind of thing? Oh, it would definitely be something from The Revenant. Really? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't even, at the time, like, I was just like, I guess this is how they make movies. And, like, yeah. now, now in hindsight, I'm like, well, that was crazy that they put us through that. Like, you Oh, know, my I, God. I didn't, I didn't know at the time. It was my first kind of thing outside of Joel. Right. So I didn't really have any frame of reference. So there'd be a few things during The Revenant that I'm just kind of like. But at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But now in hindsight, I'm looking back on it, and I'm just kind of like, whoa, that's, that's weird that we did that. You know, like. <laughs> But, you know, I can't think of anything specifically. I think just the whole, the whole movie thing. was that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were out there for, like, so long and everything, too, right? Yeah, seven months. Yeah. Jesus Christ. In, like, the Arctic, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, suppo- it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was part of the problem is that um, in Calgary, where we did most of the shooting in Alberta around the Canadian Rockies, mm-hmm. they have a weather system called a Chinook. Not to go back to weather. Oh, but, uh, oh it's coming. It's always coming back to weather. My man weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it can either make things really cold or it can make things unseasonably warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, as luck would have it, it made things unseasonably warm. So we had to keep searching for snow and going higher up the mountains. And uh, Yeah, you hate but, cold. And you. we just talked about you were like, man, fuck winter. And then you I went know. and did the movie that the main thing that everyone knows is like, Oh, really it's cold. Winter. That was probably the nail in the coffin, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, actually, it was three years before I was completely done with cold. Like, I actually was fine. On oh, the okay, set of okay. I don't, I, my, my, my hatred hadn't fully set in yet. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember they came, the, the, the safety guys would come to everybody's trailer and meet with them on one on one to tell them about, like, how to exist in the cold. Yeah. And they're like, you know, here's some tips and here's what you can do and do this and do that. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I know, man. I, I live in Michigan. 
And they're like, oh, you do? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we thought you lived in L.A. And I'm like, no, no, I live in Michigan. And they're like, oh, you're fine then. Yeah. And then they, like, walked out of my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some reason at that point, I was still fine. Like, I felt the the weather, yeah, that was the that was not the issue. It was just, like, it was just such a strange experience for me because I just, I had no experience. I was so green. And just being on a movie set with that caliber of talent. Oh, my God, you know, and of like course, every, yeah. You know, and, I, like, there's got to be such a difference in your experience coming from doing all those movies with Joel where, like, you're such good friends. He's, like, obviously so in right. love with you and, like, super down just to, like, well, yeah, let I you mean, do your we thing just, and everything. Yeah, yeah, we, we were just great friends. I mean, I mean, rehearsed so much of Buzzard literally in my living room, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, so, you know, we shot uh, in Grand Rapids or Detroit, but it was basically our home turf with all of our friends that were all really close yeah you know yeah to like going to a three thousand miles away to a different country with you know people that you've never met before except for on television you know like they <laughs> yeah. were just like you know it, it, it's it's just it was so it was Bizarre. yeah it couldn't have been it couldn't have been a bigger chasm between the two experiences sure. you know? yeah that's but, really both ends of the spectrum <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how you divide that anymore like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, a movie for $15,000 with your friends and you're rehearsing in your living room versus uh, a multi-million dollar Academy Award winning film with the biggest actors. At the time, the biggest director, he won for Birdman while we were shooting that film. Really? Oh, my <laughs> God. So, like, oh we're all, like, in our hotel, like, watching God. him get the Academy Award, at, like, while we're working on his movie, his next movie. Like, it's so bizarre. Speaking of Alejandro... Should we talk about the movie we watched? Because I I just now looked at how long we've been talking. We are comfortably shooting the breeze. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah, we should talk about the movie that we chose for today, uh, that Josh chose for today, the 2016 movie The Love Witch. What made you pick this movie without spilling too many beans? I heard about this movie two ways. First of all, it was distributed by Oscilloscope Laboratories, who distributes the last three Sob Noise films. Okay. So I follow what they're doing and try to help promote it as well as much as I can. And secondly, there is an actor in the film, uh, Jennifer Ingram, who I took an acting class with several years ago. So we're friends on social media, and she was promoting it as well. And I'm just like, wow, this love witch keeps popping up in my feed all the time. I should check this movie out. And so I did, and just immediately... The look obviously struck me yeah. right away because I'm a fan, and like I said, of old 60s horror movie, uh, whether it's like the Hammer films or, mm. you know, whatever, Russ Meyer and uh, Roger Corman. Yeah, or, you know, just yeah. any, a lot of those 60s films, you know, they got that look so well done. Holy like, the amount shit, of, yeah. The amount of study and research and work that they must have put in just blows my mind. And I don't know the director, Anna, Mm -hmm. but I just can't imagine like having a conversation. Like, I mean, it can't just all be post-production. Like, they had to have sought out cameras and lenses and just the makeup and lighting. And it just is so incredible. So for somebody to make that film in 2015, 2016, it just knocked my socks off right away. It's just that they got even that that look correct. Yeah. That was oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this was great. So uh, I'm going to run through the a couple people in this movie that might be recognizable. So, well, first of all, this movie was almost entirely put together by director Anna Biller. I'll get into it later, but, I mean, she wrote, directed, composed, costume designed, edited, produced... Set decorated, art 
direction, like everything is her. Absolutely so, incredible. <laughs> yeah, incredible. So she has to be mentioned. So it's also starring Samantha Robinson, who was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we previously covered on Pod. She's also in Cam. We have Jeffrey Vincent Paris, who was in one episode of Veronica Mars. <laughs> okay. All right. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's all, he's like a um, a soap guy. So he was on, he played twins on General Hospital, which he's like kind of known for. That's he's badass. also in Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Um, all right, Kali, tell us the critic scores. Rotten Tomatoes, we got coming in 95. Mm-hmm. Great. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Metacricket, nice. yeah. 82. Mm, not as great. That's great. Still good. That that puts us, you know, you take that great home to mama. She's going to have a smile on her face. Okay. Not a big smile, but a smile. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Google users, 86. That's mama smile good. a little bigger at that. that- <laughs> pretty good all the way around. <laughs> all right. So let's watch the trailer and then we'll get into it. After Jerry died, the cops wouldn't stop harassing me. They couldn't prove anything. They actually thought that I killed him. Anyways, San Francisco got to be a really bad trip after you left. And that's when I remembered you had that extra apartment. Hey. Hi, I'm Trish. Hi, Trish. Well, what do men want? Just a pretty woman to love and to take care of them. Love me. Love me. What I'm really interested in is love. You might say I'm addicted to love. You want to take a girl up there now? (laughs) You want some? What is it? I met this great-looking guy, and I used love magic on him. Then he got really weird on me. All these emotions started flowing out of him. And he got really sick. What is it, Wayne? What is it, baby? What a pussy. What a baby. Wayne. Witchcraft is just a way of concentrating energy. You can only work with what's already there. I just use sex magic to create love magic. (laughs) Sometimes it's almost scary how strong the love gets. And sex magic, of course. I would do anything for love. Uh, it literally showed the entire movie. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a bit of the film, yeah. <laughs> it's also broke my brain because I didn't know they said sex magic so much. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now all I have is the red hot chili peppers in my head. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie's about the chili peppers. It is. Yeah, this is a movie about the red hot chili peppers. <laughs> <laughs> red hot chili peppers biopic. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that trailer was the entire movie, like literally every beat of the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it really was. You really yeah. just lose, with this trailer, you get the entire story, but you lose the vibes. I appreciated a lot of the, a lot of the like long dialogue mm-hmm. just because I would just stare at Soak in the, the actors. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, are these people from 1960s and 70s or like... Right, exactly. I was like, I... people didn't look different back then, right? It's just makeup and hair. I'm like, but that can't be right. <laughs> but even like the, their their acting style yes. and everything, like it's so spot on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just uncanny. Like, I, I don't know if she gave like Anna Biller, that is, uh, gave like a list of movies for the cast to watch, yes. you know, to like, to study this. She did very specific form of acting mm-hmm. yeah she did she did in fact yeah. yeah that's a perfect word for this uncanny uh just yeah. totally like unsettling and but intriguing yeah and yeah. the the casting of the main woman is holy shit oh my god i mean she she looks just perfect first of all <laughs> yeah it's it's wild uh it's insert a boy yo yo yoing here for me <laughs> <laughs> Like a wooga, a wooga. A that one too. Yeah, she's damn gorgeous yeah. and just so good at like. I mean, it's such like a fine line of the way that they act in this movie. Like it could be over the top or like corny so easily, but they don't make it that way you know it's just like no, it's so specifically mm-hmm. dramatic and sincere yeah 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 it's 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 very striking i i that's what i've i've not been able to get over about this film because mm-hmm. you could very easily turn it into cheese and camp and schlock and whatever those other words yeah. are but yeah, uh, yeah but it's not it's like it's it's legit and even the parts that are campy and cheesy are done intentionally to further the tone and the vibe of the film so it it just works on so many levels. I, I just hats off all around to everybody that made this worked on this. Absolutely, film. like every aspect that I could think of. I want to be specific here because there's a big chunk of this movie that I don't like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I fucking loved everything about it except the story. I don't. <laughs> but I loved everything else. There's so much of what I love. I, I don't know. It's like a. It really stems from what I call the dumb part of my brain that's very loud and things that trigger that part of my brain when I watch movies, I can't get over it sometimes. And for me, I fucking hate tarot cards and witch shit. Wiccan, hate it all. I can't fucking stand it. I just find it so goddamn annoying. And that's a lot of what this movie's about. Yeah, 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 pretty much. But... (laughs) I know, man. Okay, look, uh, I'm going to meet you halfway at least on that one because uh, I had some bad experiences in college with some Wiccans, you know? And like, oh, hold on, okay. hold on. I get it. Every Wiccan I've ever met is so annoying. I hate them. Did It'll you get the fuck up about it. Me? Or no, him? Again. Josh. Yeah, no, tell us about the Wiccans. Your son's interesting. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. You know, like, I... Uh, well, I don't really like. You can't just say I, I had some bad experience with some witches and then not give further story. So, okay, well, so, well, I gotta. First of all, I don't. 
not that there's there's nothing wrong with it. I wish I still could, but I, I doesn't agree with me. But I used to smoke a lot of marijuana, especially in college. Hell okay. yeah. And uh, there was this one particular time where uh, me and my friend gave some Wiccans a ride home. As you do. <laughs> yeah. Cause, I don't know I why. <laughs> this, this, you picked up some witches on the side of the road and gave them a ride. Nah, I think we, <laughs> don't. Nah, we, like met him in a, we met him in a cafe, I think. Okay. You know? Don't blame the weed for this. <laughs> you- no, no. This part, I'm not blaming the weed for this. I blame it being 18 on this. Yeah, but, um, that's right. So, so they lived like just off campus, you know? So uh-huh. like we, they had a house for some reason. I don't remember. But it wasn't really all of their house. They had to live in the basement. So we didn't really know like who was living upstairs or anything. So we, they, invited us, they invited us down into their basement. And then like they had, at that time, the craziest weed that I've ever smoked in my life. Wonderful. At that time. And like they both kind of, like the way that they talked and stuff, like it was kind of like freaking me out, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 so I said to my buddy, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I think these two Wiccans are uh, gonna kill us, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I think they're pretty nice. And I'm like, no, I think it's nefarious. <laughs> and he goes, no, I don't think so. And so then they took us into his other room, and they had this board, and then it had like a pentagram on it, and they're like, "This is where we sit. This is where we sit and do things." And I'm just like, "I think, Wait. I think I'm not. I don't want to do these things." And I just told my buddy, "I'm like, see, man, I'm telling you, they're gonna kill us right now." And he's just like, "Okay, man, let's just make up a really good reason politely to leave." I'm like, "I don't do. How polite do we have to be?" Because <laughs> you don't want to piss the witches off. Yeah, I guess not. They, yeah, what if they spell you? I know, I know. It's, he was right. He was right in hindsight. Like he was absolutely correct. Like we needed to be polite and not ruffle their feathers. I don't remember how we got out of there, but we did. And like ever since then, ever since then, like Wiccan stuff like totally freaks me out. Man. I guess that makes sense. If that was your experience, yeah. That's an incredible story. Yeah, I mean, Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's outstanding. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. How but, do we even but, move I mean, on like, from that yeah, story? Yeah. So y'all feel weird <laughs> about witches? <laughs> I. It's not weird. I am annoyed by them because of my personal experience with witches, mm-hmm. specifically Wiccan. Every single one of them, and I've met like six of them. They don't shut the fuck up about it, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what solstice it is. I don't, I don't, you, you're fine. That's fine. You are free to do it. And I, more power to you if it makes you feel happier. Just don't tell me about it. Cause I don't care. Yeah. Leave me They're, alone. You don't want them pushing their agenda on you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like the Wiccan agenda. <laughs> That's how I feel about people that go to hot yoga. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. It's like enough. You don't have to tell me about this anymore. <laughs> That being said, this movie was transcendent in its. In it transcended e- the witch uncomfortableness for you. A lot of the, yeah, because it was yeah. still fucking very cool. It was very cool. So yeah, let's talk about the vibes, the aesthetics Ooh. first. Yeah, because we've kind of talked about it a little bit. That's what I came here for. Yeah, you got some shit about it. <laughs> so first of all, this is shot on thirty-five millimeters, so you get that great film look. Anna Biller really is like. I think the way she approaches her films is as if they are like a painting. Like it is just like a whole piece of art for her. Yeah. She she spent seven years getting this film ready. <laughs> Holy wow. shit. 
because wow. she um, she made the wardrobe herself. She made a lot of the props, including the pentagram rug, the altar, the spell book, the paintings in the movie. Oh my she, god! She did all of that. It's crazy. Elaine, our main yeah. character, her apartment or whatever Incredible. is yeah. yeah, all the paintings electric. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. And every every detail, you know, nothing has been spared. And Mm -hmm. she also Annabelle also composed the score for this movie and recorded it. She also made and remade floor plans, storyboards, all that kind of stuff for seven years. (laughs) And after it's a Ph.D., yeah, after she cast the lead actress, then she also designed a custom wardrobe for the lead actress and and made her a custom wardrobe and then went on from there. But she also, I mean, Josh, you mentioned like the cinematography or like the, the lighting and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She was very intentional about that kind of stuff, really sought out like a specific cinematographer who had mm-hmm. knowledge of like how they achieved that look. Back in the day. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be so intentional about yeah. it. I mean, it's just like, it's so wild. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. And she absolutely was. Yeah. It's interesting that she she sought out as somebody from back in the day that actually worked on movies back then to achieve that look. It's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's wild. She really wanted the lighting to achieve like a sense of dimension in the room. So where yeah. the, the actors and the mm-hmm. background are kind of separated by space, you know? Yeah. So she put so much artistic vision into this movie and into all of her movies actually i watched a bunch of her shorts this week as well and they mm-hmm. all oh, nice. they all look like this <laughs> wow. yeah. very cool very cool yeah the the dedication is outstanding i can't imagine spending seven years doing anything agreed <laughs> yeah i don't think i've ever done anything for seven years. that's yeah. why like we have society has those routes available they're called like four years of undergrad and then three years of postgrad or like so we have those routes for people who are nuts enough to dedicate seven years of their life to one thing mm-hmm. but it's impressive when people do something like this with seven years uh yeah yeah i mean, I mean but... it's actually useful yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I, I, you know, I don't doubt that it took seven. I mean, that's yeah, that's almost impressive that it only took seven years to get that yeah. much detail. Oh my god! And, and together and make a film like that's wild. It is. That's amazing. One of those movies where it does make you aware how intentional filmmaking is and how intentional sets have be. to be. It, <laughs> yes, is uh, not always. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it really just. <laughs> What it also does is it this film sets a bar for itself in like the vibe it sets from the offset. When I first like started, I was like, okay, this movie is from 2015, but it looks like this. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then as it progresses, and you're you see more and more, and you're so impressed by it, like I, I think you have to be impressed. Yeah. Yeah. By how every it looks. aspect of it is so striking. You got to do that for two hours now. You know, holy shit! Yeah. One of my favorite all-time movie jokes is in this film, and it requires a lot of patience to like uh, follow it and to pick up on it. Yeah, uh, I think th- I think the payoff is very rewarding. But just her fact uh, that she had the foresight to envision this joke, making this work within this film, and it's a small little thing, but mm-hmm. just I think that is a, just another example of how much involvement and like big picture she must have poured into every tiny minutia of the film that itself. Is, yeah. So. yeah. 
All right, so yeah, we can get into the uh, what's going on in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> we just we had to spend some time on the on the aesthetics because it's such a huge aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, yeah. All right, so we are on a journey with Elaine, this witch who is starting a new life among the redwoods, who maybe poisoned her ex to death. <laughs> <laughs> And is now like kind of on the on the run, starting anew somewhere else. All the uh, this is another aesthetic note, but like all the colors in this movie, I mean, it's one of the first things you really notice is like how all the colors are just turned up to a thousand. Like yes, the colors are so intentional. Hey, the saturation is yeah, yeah perfect. Yep, yeah. saturation. I mean, when we meet her, she has. A fully red outfit, head to toe, a red car, red purse, red suitcases, yep. and it's so just like, you just have to watch her, you know? <laughs> yeah. what, what is she doing? It's like your eyes are drawn to her. And she ends up at this beautiful Victorian house, mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. There's a girl she meets there, I didn't write down her name, whatever, who is- uh, Tess, I believe. Tess? Tess the landlord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Who gets her an apartment. The witch apartment. One of the first things they do together is go for tea. The look of the tea room also. Holy shit. It's all pink. Yeah. All pink and white. Just like super feminine. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, like to look behind at the surrounding actors and the surrounding like conversations going on and what people were eating and how they were drinking what they were wearing was such a treat. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just gives you so much to soak in. Yeah. Oh, man. She was really right. intentional about using all the, the pink colors and having all the women here. Annabella yeah. really, really wanted this to feel like a woman's environment and that a man would feel out of place here. She said she wanted men watching the film to feel that they're being voyeurs into an environment where they don't belong. So I think that's kind of... Oh, that's great. It felt like that. I thought like, okay, this is 1960s or whatever. Like, I don't think it's set in the 1960s, by the way. Oh, I've got some questions about when it's set. Okay. uh, Due to anachronisms. Well, the aesthetic elements that are referencing those earlier genres or time periods are not necessarily in her mind used as like a reference point for where we are in time she uses Mm -hmm. them more as just creating an arresting visual and an art piece She uses them in an art sense and less of a time sense if that makes sense i think it was fascinating too because like often i guess uh, you're right yeah whoever the focus of the character whatever the scene is on their car is vintage but then all the other cars are normal Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) we never know exactly where we are in time I don't know. No, exactly, exactly. But I think that's fun. Yeah. 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 I think the entire world is kind of created in in its own thing. It's not, none of it's supposed to, this isn't a place you could drive to, you know? (laughs) No, it very much posits that there are like these dozen people who are living this world and talking this certain way and (laughs) dressing a certain way while everyone else around them is just like living in whatever 2015 right right because in this tea room elaine our protagonist so to speak and this friend of hers and her husband are the most like hello it's the 1950s 60s family traditional bullshit time and it reminds me of like this sociology class i took on the family and we studied the like leave it to beaver family dynamic kind of thing couples don't interact like that 
You don't know any couples that are like, Hey, honey, I just thought I'd stop by and see if I could have lunch with you. Oh, sweetie, I guess I can't. I've just already eaten, and it's just so fucking bland. And 1950s... Mm. Andy Griffith show bullshit. I think that's what's kind of interesting about it is that it's kind of asking if that archetype ever really did exist, if it was always just a product of television exactly. in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Good Housekeeping magazine. And, you know, like it was never really a thing. Like I talked to people that were married in the 50s and 60s, you know, mm-hmm. and they were just like, yeah, no, our friends were all like alcoholics and it yeah. wasn't pretty and it wasn't <laughs> like that at all, you know? <laughs> so, that sociology class I was referencing, that's, yeah, that, the whole thing was about that. It was just like, the 50s were miserable. Everyone was like, zooted out on something. And it, it yeah, was yeah. terrible. And of course, like, it's such a dynamic that we're given between the characters of Elaine and Trish. Elaine talks of wanting to indulge men's fantasies and very openly about liking sex, which mm-hmm. makes Trish react in, in this, like, ugh, sh- shut the fuck up. She's a prudish. She says, giving men sex is a way of unlocking their love potential. Bingo. <laughs> Love that. Elaine says that? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was incredible. Before we get too much into her ideals, I did want to say that I mentioned how the the space feels violent for men. (laughs) And when Richard walks in the room, you do feel like he's so out of place. The fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very awkward. There shouldn't be a man in this environment, you know? Right. So while writing the script for this movie, Annabelle was reading a lot of relationship self-help books. And one piece of advice that stuck out to her was that if a woman wants to keep a man around, she should love him less than he loves her. And so she noticed a parallel between that piece of advice and female characters in classic cinema who love someone to death so she decided to uh-huh. create this character kind of based on that and i think that's that's cool yeah. all right hold, hold on that's great yeah. that's fascinating so the wife is supposed to love the husband less than he loves her is that right yes okay so like i guess if you look at it the opposite way women who love their husbands too much too are much. like too you know into it it pushes men away oh yeah 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 like a man's eye will stray unless you consistently tease him yeah or act like you don't care about him and make him like you know create some like some chase (laughs) give a carrot and a stick yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. disinterest yeah that's so fucking bleak fuck that Seriously, I hate that shit. Like, I think relationships are so fucking badass and can be so beautiful in such a nice way to, like... Okay, Colin no. having a healthy relationship, brag. Uh, yeah, sorry if I flex real fucking hard on my healthy relationship, but, like... Oh, I'm sorry, not all of life's a game to you, Colin. <laughs> no, but, like... It's a great way. It's a, it's. I don't know. It's such a good way to make a character. Though. Yeah, I'll say that. Like all the characters are so fucking cool. Now that I'm thinking about them, yeah, it makes Trish very interesting, especially as the foil of uh, Elaine. So anytime that Elaine sees a man interacting with a woman that is not her. <laughs> she gets those scary eyes. She did the eyes. Yeah, I love that shot. Oh my though. god. Every time they when they push in on just the eyes. Yes. Oh, it's so the it's zoom, so perfect. Yeah. And her eyes are gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. Insert another yeah. boy yoing. 
(laughs) (laughs) That death stare, though, is incredible. And so the next scene is when there's like a man just standing in the park or whatever, talking to another woman, random man uh, in the world. And she gives him those death eyes. And of course, he's drawn to her. And he was talking to like a blonde girl in this park and just kind of bails and walks look, over to the window. Look, look, <laughs> yeah. look, look. It's so funny. To TVH, <laughs> if this woman was sitting, if you were at a park doing the same thing this guy was doing and Elaine gave you those eyes, you're telling me you wouldn't be like, I got to move somewhere. I got to either get closer and figure out what's going on or run home. Those yeah. are my two options. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's later revealed done. that he's he's a he's a libertine. So, oh you my know, god! Uh, okay, what the fuck? I didn't want to look it up because I was angry when they used the word and I didn't know what it meant. It's a male floozy. Horny <laughs> 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 <Hony> man. <laughs> so she convinces him to take her to his house in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> even Why though not? she's just met him. He's just so enraptured by her. He basically will do anything she asks. She makes him drink a potion that we don't know what that is for a while. Just whips out a flask, right? Yeah. She's like, you trying to party, have some of my flask. Turns out she <laughs> drugged him with a hallucinogenic. <laughs> so he gets all tripped out and uh, they have sex. Freaks out about her coat. Yeah. <laughs> Her rainbow coat. Correct me if I'm wrong, but while she's never forthcoming with anything, she's never dishonest either. Yeah, I think that's true. Because she just like hands him the flask and I don't think he's like, what is this? What's in this? Yeah. He just she's drinks. She's never like, drink yeah, this. No, it's definitely it. not hallucinogenics. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> After they have sex is when he starts getting, like, so emotional. Oh, moody. He's crying because all the girls he thinks are hot are stupid, and all the smart girls are (laughs) ugly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he rocks. Yeah, sure. (laughs) And anytime she leaves the room, he's now just, like, screaming and crying for her. He panics. Yeah, Yeah, he he panics. baby. She cooks him breakfast does tarot and when she does tarot she flips over this uh three of swords card Mm -hmm. which we see at the beginning when um they show her ex who died we see this little card we'll see it again too anytime something ominous is going to happen to these men so i wrote down what this card is about it shows heartbreak emotional pain sorrow grief and hurt three of swords it's like a heart pierced by three swords representing the pain inflicted by words action and intent on the emotional and physical self so it's all about pain baby (laughs) hell yeah and anytime this card comes up someone dies and in this case that someone is this man, Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, Wayne. He dies. Wayne! Wayne! <laughs> uh, this dude sucked. I called him the lib professor. Uh- <laughs> he looked like some... Like the college professor that you knew that like all the kids really dug and was yeah. into, but like rub, <laughs> cool, rubbed you the, the wrong oh way, you know? He literally like, looks like that cool college professor from when I was in college. The professor who yeah, taught history, rock, and roll. Like- yeah. <laughs> He's looking forward to seeing what the new co-eds are next semester. Oh, that's you know, you. And just like, Ew, gross. You can't. Yeah, you don't exactly, get to say that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Anna Biller, uh, her note on this character is that she wanted to 
explore what would happen if men loved women as strongly as women wanted them to. Oh, interesting. Hmm. As in, like, men are known for being much less emotional than women, but she says in her experience, they're actually much more emotional. 100% true. And that's why they won't or can't open that gate because it would destroy them. And so that's what kills the men in this movie is having to experience their own feelings. That they get so uh, emotional that they die. Yeah, that is what happens. Anna said this? Yes. Wow. That's what happened. yeah. Very divulgent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Anything that I read from her is very, men are this way and women are this way and men want women to be this way and whatever. She's very into the heteronormative gender roles of it all. Yeah, yeah. I did think about that, yeah. Okay, so Wayne is dead. Yeah. And so now we have to deal with Wayne's dead body. (laughs) So Elaine, when she woke up in the morning, she had her period on the bed. Loved the period representation. Yep. She later makes a, what do they call it, a witch jar? Witch, yeah, witch jar. She pulls out her used tampon. Which bottle? Which bottle? Pulls out her used tampon and puts it in a jar with her piss and some herbs. <laughs> Seems like it's from a relaxer. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> now, I was actually going to say that this is, there's a voiceover going on while she's making this witch bottle, and it's the first part to what I think is one of the best jokes in cinema history. Okay. okay. And she's putting in the, the urine, and she filters it through a funnel, and then puts in the used tampon. Uh-huh. And she she makes the comment, it's VO, she just hear her say, you know, most men don't even know what a used tampon looks like. Yeah. That's the first part of the joke. Okay, so we're holding on to that one for the second half later? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Wait, have, have y'all ever, do, y- do y'all know what a used tampon looks like? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I grew up with women. We got good boys on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So she makes this witch bottle and says, part of me can be with Wayne now. But when she buries him in the yard, she leaves the jar on top of the grave instead of burying Uh, it with him. Yeah. I had some questions around this point. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Mostly, uh, is she a stone cold dummy? (laughs) Or does she just not care? Yeah, she's not. She doesn't clean her tracks, so to speak. Yeah. She literally puts her own. DNA on the murder scene. Uh, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. And I, because my little brain was working so hard and couldn't fathom that this movie took place in a year that was not like 1965. When she left the fucking piss jar, DNA jar, I was like, did they have DNA tests back then? Or like... Uh, DNA tests became mainstream in 86. So it... Why do you know that? Because I looked it up for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not the dumb one. Yes. (laughs) So it's hard to say because we don't know where this is placed in time. Totally, totally. If it was a thing or not at the time of this movie. So we kind of just have to think that it was because they do do a DNA test in this movie. I think because we've already established that this world is just kind of its own thing. It's not really attached to the real world that uh, we just kind of have to go with whatever they are saying is true. That is probably the best way... To, like, not break your brain... The best not break your brain way to watch this movie is... Can't assume anything about mm-hmm. it. You just kind of have to take it as it comes. Yeah. Uh, or else you'll be like me and you're like, Is that a cell phone? You know, things like that. 
Yeah, and only one person has a cell phone one time in the movie, I exactly. think. Exactly, yes. And nobody else does. No. Uh, yeah, so it's just kind of, you just kind of got to go with the world if you're going to be in it, be in it. Yeah. Yeah, all right, is what it is. Yeah, that's what I think anyway. That's my philosophy, I guess. Yeah, I think it's just, it's it's a, a universe unto itself, mm-hmm. I think, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So after she leaves her piss jar atop the grave... <laughs> <laughs> she goes and makes a, a beautiful painting of a woman cutting out a man's heart, which comes into play later in the movie, and then goes to the burlesque club. So the burlesque club, burlesque club, so many uh, mouth things going on when you try and say that. Um, <laughs> the go-go joint. <laughs> the go-go joint. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> also very uh, striking colors in that. Everybody has purple outfits. And then the room is very red, so it's very lush in that way. Yeah. So she meets up with her two witch friends there. Later on, we kind of find out that she got her start in this town by doing burlesque, I think, and and met the woman witch at that time, the woman witch, uh, Josh's friend. Barbara. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's Barbara. Jennifer. Your old buddy. Um, She's great people, by the way. Oh, great. Throwing that out there. Uh, This club used to be ran by witches, and these people are who kind of indoctrinated her into uh, witchery. So she's having a witch chat with her witch friend, and that's when we find out that she had put a love spell on Wayne, which is what ended up killing him. And they're Mm -hmm. warning her. They're telling her, you got to be careful with the love spells. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they're also saying you got to be careful about doing witchery. Because people in this town are prejudiced against witches. <laughs> right. There's a lot of a lot of San Francisco jokes. Yeah. In this, they say it's no this San Francisco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which evidently, I guess, implies that San Francisco loves witches. Yeah. Yeah, love them. Like, you know how San Francisco is. They'll let anybody in. <laughs> yeah. And and the man witch, man witch, man witch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't had sloppy Joe in forever. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I digress. I digress. <laughs> yeah, is it lunchtime? The the man witch, there's something weird between them. She seems to not like the man witch. What do y'all think? Yeah, I think they don't really... Maybe they do. I'm not sure. But I always feel like there's some trauma that he caused her at some point. Yeah. I feel like they constantly insinuate that. I don't think we ever get to the bottom of what that necessarily is. But uh... There is like a small scene, but it's so... It doesn't really, like, go that deep that you don't really know what happens. So, like, soon after this meeting, she goes home and honks off thinking about a witch's (laughs) circle that she was a part of where the witch guy did climb on top of her. But it kind of cuts there. So, like, you don't – I guess you don't really know what happens, but maybe can make some implications or something. So, yeah, after the honk-off scene, the blonde girl from before, Wayne's Mm -hmm. friend, reports him missing to the cops. And when we go to the the cops, the police station, uh, a.k.a. the cop factory. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Josh called it last night. (laughs) It totally is. (laughs) I wish that they were called cop factories. Um, the colors in there are also, the colors are pretty dull when they're at the cop station, right? Yeah, because yeah, cops of, are dull. A lot of grays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just another interesting use of color and everything. Mm-hmm. This girl knows about the cabin in the middle of nowhere and takes the cops there where they find, of course, the piss jar. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the second part of my joke. Okay, go on. As we covered earlier, 
she's doing the voiceover and says, most men don't even know what a used tampon looks like. So the one cop, when they find the jar, he picks it up. He goes, what is this? And holds it up to the other cop. And the other cop goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so brilliant. That's it such is. a patient really joke yeah. making. Yeah, yeah, that's in it for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that bit so much. Uh, yeah, that rocks, and that's great that you caught that because I didn't actually. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Like I was just dying. Like I had to watch it like over and over. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's so funny. Hell yeah! The cops are on the case now, uh, yes. so we're against the clock, I guess. So then Elaine goes on a date with her friend Trish's husband, the aforementioned Richard. Yeah, Trish is out of town. Yeah. Yes, at a furniture yeah. convention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love to go to a furniture. Furniture convention. You ever been to a? You've been to a <laughs> film festival, but you ever been to a furniture convention? Uh, a <laughs> well, the art van booth and the. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So when she's having a little date with Richard, they talk about how they're both lonely, and she gives him a drink and the largest wine glass I've ever seen. Giant <laughs> chalice. <laughs> it looks. It's hilarious watching him drink out of this big old cup. (laughs) And they're just kind of like exploring their um, kinks or whatever. He's talking about how he's turned on by flying and uh, he wants to get into some mischief. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine talking to your wiener friend's dad as a kid and mm-hmm. he's like yeah don't get too crazy tonight don't have too many sodas it's like oh my god <laughs> this guy's a fucking square man <laughs> really fly in a plane that's what you know makes you freaking get hard so then uh. she does a uh, a burlesque strip tease and says i'm the love witch and uh, yes, says it. she says it titular line titular line <laughs> nice yeah i don't think it shows them banging does it I didn't write down that it does. I think the only oh, time no. we see her bang someone is the is first man. With Wayne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Wayne, yeah. I was for sure when we saw that that this was going to be a full sex movie, but it wasn't. That was the only time. And then the one honk-off scene. There's a lot of <laughs> sexual imagery, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sex magic going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and you know what? We what? do also see some blood and sugar. So oh my God. you put that all together. We got <laughs> blood sugar sex magic. You have the, uh, the classic 90s Red oh Hot God. Chili Peppers album. Colin loves the Chili Peppers. Yo, I fucking <laughs> dig. The- what year was that? 91? Yo, oh me and the God. pep. Who knows? Me and Anthony Kiedis, Flea, Chad Smith, and John Frusciante. Frusciante. <laughs> it was 91. <laughs> Was yeah. it? Yeah. Good guess. <laughs> and you should love them now because you're in California and they're... And Anthony Kiedis is actually from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Really? Why does he? <laughs> why do they love California so much then? I don't know. It's, it's cool. <laughs> no, his, his, his dad used to live in Grand Rapids till about six years ago. His dad was like this creepy artist guy. His name was Blackie, Blackie Dammit. And like, he'd go to all the rock shows and like hit on young girls. <laughs> a- Anthony Kiedis is dead. This is all very, very true story. Very true story. I'm gonna view my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you keep all the chili chat in the episode. You don't cut a line of it. I'll make a separate episode out of just the chili chat. It's going to be a two-parter. Oh, man. We're so wild and wacky on here. We're like a freaking Red Hot Chili Peppers music video. The detective who is on the case brings the piss bottle to the professor of occult studies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's great. (laughs) He opens it up, takes a big whiff, and says, yep, that's a witch bottle. (laughs) I'd know that smell anywhere. (laughs) Not the first time I've smelled a jar full of piss and bloody tampon. (laughs) Piss blood. We all know it. (laughs) Say my first dog and pony show. (laughs) I'll never forget that smell. Uh, (laughs) uh, So that was very funny. And he explains that a witch bottle is used for protection against curses. And then just kind of goes into a whole diatribe about uh, witch witch rituals. Witcherals. The tongue twisters in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Where he talks about uh, Samhain on Halloween. uh, And when they cut to the poster, it looks just like her flashback with the man witch from earlier where he crawled on top of her. You know, the different types of witches. He goes into all that. We don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Elaine goes to a naked witch circle. Her uh, witch friend is there with nipple band-aids on. They love to do like the Alanis Morissette thing. In this movie where... Uh, cover the hair. Yeah. The hair Use the, the hair yeah, as a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Titty cover. They do that, but do they still show, I believe, three penises? You see pipe. Yeah. They're you see a little, little yeah. bit yeah, there's, fellas. There's, there's male frontal nudity, for sure. My favorite. <laughs> okay, Josh using <laughs> the uh, accurate terms for everything. <laughs> the clinical term. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang the dog. The showbiz term. <laughs> I've been in Hollywood too long. <laughs> can no longer call it a weenie. <laughs> so she's telling her witch friend that she had to stop seeing Richard, the married guy, because mm-hmm. he was crying over every little thing. It wouldn't even F her anymore. And so, you know, it's another man destroyed by experiencing his emotions. Yeah. Then we cut to him writing a letter. Why won't you return my <laughs> calls? I'll incredible. die if I don't see you. <laughs> uh, we've all been there, fellas. <laughs> we yeah. have all... Oh, absolutely. Every dude at one point has been texting or calling a girl and they're not picking up. The guy is just like... Uh, I this is the worst thing ever. I need to be that like placing entire self worth in someone else's hands, mm-hmm. entirely relying on validation for yeah, any sort of self. Yeah, completely. Um, <laughs> it just my ruled. therapist calls it my therapist calls it emotionally unhealthy, but you know I, you know. I call it badass <laughs> living. Yeah. <laughs> Colin loves boy stuff. <laughs> I love boy stuff. You know, living on the edge. Being harmful to women. (laughs) Uh, Getting so drunk that I write like 17 letters that all say the same thing. Um, All within 30 seconds of each other. Yeah. (laughs) Not even given a chance for a response. Just like. (laughs) One after the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. No, he's such a fucking wiener. He's like a total baby in this scene. He's a big baby, he's drunk, he's crying, and he has tarot cards on his desk as well. 
And then we see that Three of Swords again, so we know. When I saw those tarot cards, I was just like, yeah, we've all gotten into stuff that our girlfriends have been into before. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I had that Death Cab for Cutie album, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, why do you think I got into wrestling? (laughs) (laughs) So he has the cursed card, and he does end up slitting his wrists and you know doing suicide not before drinking himself to oblivion true that was also one of my favorite scenes when he's taking a drink from his flask and trish asks him she's like i'm going to bed do you want to come to bed yeah and he does this flick of his wrist with his hand and he's like not now <laughs> i have i have work to do yeah and it's just it just struck me as so funny because it is part of that time period the acting and everything else that uh-huh. they're doing that they're going for it i just think that that scene where he's drinking himself into oblivion is one of those crazy over-the-top typical i'm losing control of you know our relationship or whatever you know yeah. like yeah definitely yeah for yeah. sure totally just like lashing out in a fit of fear and anxiety. Yeah, I mean he's gone. He's, yeah, he's the boat has sailed. Yeah, like he's not he's not coming back. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, I I found it humorous. Maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> no, it, it is absolutely it is very funny to watch because he is such a fucking baby about it. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's made very clear. Uh, what the director's name again? Uh, Anna Biller. Anna Biller. Not a big fan of men. And look, I'm not a meninist by any means. It's just the feel, the sentiment is clear in this film. It's just like, fuck men. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty, pretty overt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the detective is still on the case and he found out that Elaine has been supplying these witch bottles to the witch store mm-hmm. uh, because she's so messy and literally is leaving clues just all around town that lead directly to her. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of my favorite bits. Also, that scene, because the the woman who was working at the shop is just like, he's like, can you identify this? (laughs) And she says, uh, no, I don't know who made it. And then he's like, do you have anything else like it? And she goes, here's one. He's like, who made this? He's like... Elaine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, you just, uh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and it's literally only one person has ever given me one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that scene. It's yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. So then he goes to Elaine's house. The first time she sees him, she's like, you're my fate. We're fated to meet. He's the new one for her. <laughs> the Thank next you, next. Victim. Yeah. <laughs> they go horseback riding. They literally look like a romance novel cover, <laughs> like on yeah. white horses. This was insane. The horseback riding or the jester carnival? <laughs> uh, yes. Both. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> this is a thing that I don't understand about this movie. I've seen it multiple times okay. and I still don't understand if it's actually a fantasy sequence or if it is a real thing that I, I don't honestly understand. I was wondering if I could get your guys' opinion about it. When they go that. to the jester carnival, you mean? Or the whole thing? Yeah, The yeah. Ren Fair yeah, thing? Yeah. The, 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 yeah, the Renaissance Fair stuff. Uh, okay, you guys can call it a Renaissance Fair. I'll call it the jester carnival. <laughs> <laughs> That's look. I'm just saying what I what I wrote. Obviously, y'all are right, and I'm a clown. No, who would call it a jester carnival? <laughs> <laughs> That's something my dumb brain has invented. Um, no, I thought I thought of it as. Um, I guess it, it never occurred to me that it could be a fantasy sequence. Same, yeah. But I think that's an interesting 
take. Now I'm like, well, is it a fantasy sequence? Because I kind of see how it could be, especially with how the movie ends. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it never shit. occurred to me before this point. So yeah, I couldn't give a, a great thought out uh, answer, but I could say that, that that could potentially be a thing because everything that happens at this jester carnival is it's terrible. Well, <laughs> it was to me. Is this just like you, a scene that you hated, or you didn't enjoy it? No, it elicited. You like the, well, the sorry, L- so, I'm sorry. I anyone meeting under the light of day, dressed like that, in a kind of like off road behind some trees kind of area. No, that's fucked up shit. Not a fan of clowns in the woods. Generally, not a fan of people dressing up like Ren Fair shit. <laughs> Not a fan of it. You think all people who cosplay are murderers? (laughs) I don't think they're murderers, but I do think they should have repercussions for their crimes. (laughs) No, they creep me out. I don't like it. Why are you celebrating the past? It's done. It's over. I've never, I've never been to a Renaissance fair. Do, Neither, do, have um, <laughs> Neither have Neither I. Neither have I. We've only I seen talk. them on TV. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So I was wondering, like, because like, every time I read something from the Renaissance, like, they always describe, like, the dude on the sidewalk or whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. dying covered in uh, syphilitic sores. Like, do, is that a popular costume <laughs> to take to the Renaissance fair? <laughs> what? Syphilitic sores? In the actual yeah. Renaissance. In the actual Renaissance, yeah. I mean... What if it showed up to a Renaissance fair and it's like covered in syphilitic sores? Like, I think people should. It realistically should be fitting in, but maybe yes. it's not a. That, yes, that's true. People at Ren Fair should look way more ugly and diseased. <laughs> yeah, they should yeah. have syphilis. Yes, syphilis minimum. <laughs> Commit to the bit. Take the Pull some teeth out. Rub some dirt on your face. Get in the game. (laughs) It's not all turkey legs and beer steins. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're off the rails today. They're at the Little Ren Fair. Okay, they're at the Jester Carnival. (laughs) 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 They sing a song here, don't they? Is there a song happening? You bet your ass there's there's a song. song. She does love to put a song in her stuff. All of her short films had a song. And I don't want to... Fast forward too much, but the other fantasy at the, towards the end of the film, there, there's no sound. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I will talk about that because I have something to say. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> One of the lines in the song is like, today we pretend to be in love, but pretending is also real. So maybe that is about your fantasy uh, theory as well. I don't know. But they get married. They get married at this jester carnival. Fake married. Mock. Well, it's like, but pretending is also real. So (laughs) who knows? Um, (sighs) Then they do like another one of those long like voiceover things where they're getting both of their perspective at this point. So it's like him saying he doesn't love her. And the more you know a woman, the less you like her. The more you notice her faults. And then her saying she loves him, and the more you love a man, the less you notice his faults. <laughs> so they're like kind of totally on opposite pages here. Oh uh, yeah. So after their date, we go back to the cop factory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the police are saying they have a pact to leave the witches alone. That the witches have been here for a long time. So it's very like Twilight in that way. <laughs> so, sorry to bring up Twilight. <laughs> 
It's a badass reference, yeah. Uh, First thing that came to mind, but yeah. Well, do the cops and the vampires have a truce? Well, the the vampires and the werewolves have a truce. (laughs) (laughs) So the only thing you're actually taking is the truce part from Twilight. (laughs) But it's like they've both been here a long time. They may have this truce. (laughs) It feels I've never seen Twilight. I have no idea. Don't see it. I know (laughs) I know that there's like teams that you're supposed to be on or something. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you're, you'd be like a team Jacob guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can tell people Don't that. Don't suppose what team he would be on. Let him I'm make supposing. Own... You shouldn't watch the movies, though. They are. Do not. They're very, very bad. He's the werewolf. He's the werewolf. Jacob's yeah, the werewolf. Yeah. The werewolf. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you probably would be because you've been a werewolf. <laughs> Bingo. I've been a werewolf. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Your boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay, anyway, the one detective is really trying to get the detective that just went on the date to reopen the case of Wayne. I think we're still on Wayne's murder. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he's like, what are you, scared to reopen it because you're too in love with the girl or something to that effect? And he gets socked. Does the, the funniest face. punch I've ever seen in film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a great punch. It's the punches this... in this movie are great. It's so stiff and soft, the way he punches. <laughs> I loved it. I'd never seen anything like it. I tried to replicate it a bunch oh, on a yeah. pillow nearby. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had Colin punching his pillows. <laughs> it did. It did. Hey, better than the drywall, am I right? You're, you, it'll have its time. I'm a Midwest boy. You forget. <laughs> Drywall's going down. <laughs> So Elaine had a ring from the wedding engagement and just gave it to Trish. Try on my wedding ring. I don't know. But then peace is out. So Trish has the ring. She now has to go give the ring back. So she just kind of lets herself into Elaine's apartment to return this ring. I, I don't know why she couldn't have like put it in the mailbox or something. But um, she's a snooper when she gets yeah. inside. Mm-hmm. She's going through all Elaine's stuff. She puts on her makeup. I she mean... puts on her wig. She puts Very on unethical. Her, she puts on her undies. Yeah. <laughs> and something that Annabella was always trying to capture is this idea of the narcissistic gaze of like women feeling themselves, basically. So like mm-hmm. this chick putting on this lingerie that she normally wouldn't wear, putting on this makeup that she normally wouldn't wear, and just kind of looking in the mirror and being like, okay, damn, I'm cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is like something she's always trying to put in her films and i think that's kind of cool is that a common female tendency i'm not aware well i would say it's a common anybody tendency you know i think anybody has that tendency but she's in particular interested in putting a woman's specifically narcissistic gaze into her films just because uh i don't know women are maybe more affected by like their appearances and how they're perceived in the world. Oh, yeah, interesting. You know? mm-hmm. uh, Elaine has pictures of all of her victims on a dresser lined up with souvenir bundles <laughs> neatly labeled in the drawer below. Just all of the evidence <laughs> and yes, clues yeah. you could possibly want or need. <laughs> I, I, too, love to leave my evidence out. Yeah. like I mean, she's literally <laughs> yeah. the messiest. Yeah. Yeah. Presented evidence. She goes to the witch's circle to bind her and the detective to together and he comes to the club to confront her and arrest her because they have tested the dna and found that it's hers and they also have the bundles so he's going to arrest her for illegal burying (laughs) 
Is that a crime? I don't know. Uh, it is. Uh-huh. Ding, ding. I can tell you. It uh, is. Oh, resident law boy here. <laughs> nah, sort of. Wait, Back- hold, hold on. Why do you know that illegal yep, burying gonna- is a crime? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when I used to work overnights <laughs> and I had a, just a buttload of time to do anything, I... Uh, you were burying some no, people? No, <laughs> I think I... So, if, have you guys ever thought about the mortuary industry and how it's just like a fucking scam? Like, they prey on people right after your family members die, and they're like, hey, put them in this thousand, $5,000 coffin, $5,000 ceremony and everything, and they'll be so happy that they're buried well. Fucking scam artists. You know what I want done with my body? Yeah. A Tibetan sky burial. It's what Tibetan Buddhists do with their bodies, which is your corpse is hacked up and fed to vultures. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah. And it is illegal in America to do that. Mm, so we're going to have to fly your dead corpse overseas? Yeah, please. Or just <laughs> more, better, better, <laughs> uh-huh. just throw me in like a pit or a hole or someplace people aren't going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm dead. Do you guys uh, remember that story about the uh, the guy who ran a crematorium like in Georgia? And then uh, like they found this crematorium is f- several years ago. And uh, they found like 800 bodies like buried behind the crematorium. <laughs> and he's... And they they asked the owner of the crematorium. They're just like, and he's his answer was just like, I well, it's just me working here. I can't, (laughs) I can't do it all. You expect me to burn all these bodies? Yeah, I'm I'm a little backed up on work. Okay, like forgive me. It's just me. I don't. Uh, that's incredible. Ooh, that's good. I don't remember that story, but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's totally true. It's crazy. Great story. But you're right about the Tibetan thing should not be illegal, by the way. Yeah, I mean, people I should be able to do with their bodies what they want. Bingo. Af- after dead. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they got those ones where like they can bury you in a bag and like mushrooms eat your body. You see that? No, I didn't know about that. Do that with my body. I don't. It's fine. Yeah. So the theory is that you know, like, become one with the earth again or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or just like energy can't be wasted or whatever. So you just go back into like the you're circle into of the earth. life. Yeah. Interesting. But you're right, though, Colin. Ultimately, like, once I die, like, I really don't give a shit what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to anybody to touch my dead body i want to be burned up instantly and nobody touch me anymore i certainly don't want like my butthole sewn closed by some stranger or whatever the fuck they do yeah (laughs) that's really my worst nightmare (laughs) yeah that's terrible they do that yeah man i know so little about death uh they do all kinds of fucked up stuff to your body if you want to be like if you want to have like open casket funeral or whatever yeah it's disgusting i want to be I want to be preserved in glass for millions of people to come see, like, uh, oh, yeah, Chairman Mao and Vladimir <laughs> Lenin. Right. That's the dream. That's the dream. We can chase it. If, if only. <laughs> if you think about it in a way, you will be, like, because you're in movies and people can put your movie on TV, yeah, then it's kind of like it. your body's preserved in glass <laughs> or something. No, I want them to look at my putrid, rotting corpse. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Title of that. For miles. Tu- tourists coming from miles around. They took an 18-hour flight all the way into Beijing to look at my putrid, rotting corpse. If that's how you want to be seen, then I support your journey. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
Oh, okay. Um, the movie. We, All right. The yeah, movie, sorry. The movie. Yeah, no, we're sorry. fine. So the detective announces that he's going to arrest her for illegal burying. <laughs> and a woman nearby hears and just shouts, hey, that's the witch that killed the teacher. Everybody starts chanting, burn the witch. And we get like this whole mob going after her, ripping her clothes off. I saw this scene described as an almost rape, although it didn't, it felt more like an almost murder to me, but I don't know. Some dudes were like unbuckling their buckles. Were they? As they were walking towards her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that's nasty. Yeah. And there's another great fist fight. Uh, because the detective has to go and save her. Right. And uh, she takes him back to her place. He won't drink her potion. He refuses. Then the tables have turned because he gives her the eyes, those scary oh. eyes. She, of course, would rather see a man dead than see him alive, not loving her. So she cuts his heart like in the painting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. And when she cuts his heart out, then we get her just sitting there daydreaming back to the jester circus. What is right. the, uh, Which is what I think. Uh, yeah, the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's that, that's what made me think that it's probably more fantasy than mm-hmm. fact. Oh, yeah, 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 I see what you're saying. When she daydreams back, it's like. Um, did y'all ever watch those music that, like, on YouTube? They have the music videos minus the music. Where you just yeah, hear yeah, like yeah. people sneakers on the ground. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are great. That's what that felt like to me. <laughs> well, because it, it cuts to the band, the group of minstrels, and like you can't hear any audio. You don't hear shit, yeah. yeah. All you hear is sneakers and like grass blades and whatever right, else. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's the end. That's, uh, that's roll creds, right? Yeah, pretty much. She yeah. just sits the there and daydreams and that's it's over. I don't know if I found the end to be very satisfying, but I did like the rest of the movie. What do y'all think about the end? I don't really either. I, I I mean, I think that you're probably right. I think that we're probably all left somewhat unsatisfied because, I mean, there wasn't that much invested, in my opinion, in the uh, detective and her love story. So I don't know how affected I was supposed to be by this yet again another murder. Right. You know, so like, yeah. and the fancy stuff was just confusing for me, which I already spoke about earlier. Like I was just kind of, I've been kind of perplexed by that yeah. this entire time. So yeah, I guess I, I kind of agree that uh, the ending didn't bring to fruition, like whatever the rest of the movie had built up so yeah, brilliantly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and for like how how intricately like the rest of the movie was put together the ending just kind of felt like well i don't know where this should end so i guess here done you know or something Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like as much care was taken for how this movie was going to end as was the rest of the movie maybe yeah yeah coming to a resolution is a tricky thing in storytelling in general anyway sure Uh, filmmaking extra much so um and then yeah who knows what happened i don't know uh i mean and it was clearly so meticulous throughout the rest of the film. I don't think that they probably did a hack job on the ending. But yeah. um, it just didn't, yeah. Didn't hit. Yeah. The ending is, uh, yeah, dis- dissatisfactory to me. But whatever. Yeah. Or unsatisfactory, whatever the right word is. Yeah. One of those two. Couldn't tell you. I feel <laughs> yeah. about the same, yeah. <laughs> all right. So all that being said, we have to rate this out of five. So yeah, what, do, yeah. what do we think? It gets, you know, it gets three stars for me. Because at the end of the day... I had a lot of frustrations with this movie. Hell, it was long and kind of like meandered at points, and I kind of felt it overstayed its welcome, uh, for me at least. Mainly because you hate witches and you didn't want to see them anymore. Not just that. (laughs) 
Like, yes, initially, but on a more, like, critical level, like, honest. There were parts of it that where I was very invested, but overall, I was just kind of didn't care about it. Other than the the aesthetics and visuals and, yeah, just three stars. Okay, Josh, what do you think? Um, I'm actually going to go four, just because yeah. um, I have watched this movie several times, and I just... I never get sick of looking at it. Yeah, I know that might yeah. s- that might seem shallow, like because maybe I should be <laughs> not at all paying attention to story and plot or anything. But I just think that like all the actors nailed it, and I just think it's such an incredible achievement to like go back in time and bring this back into the future to 2015 when they made it. Or yeah, yeah. I just think that it's just I don't see that very often at all, and I think that's just a unique piece of uh, cinema for that Super. reason and uh, so I, I'm definitely going to go four out of five hell yeah I'm also going to go four uh, yeah just the the dedication to the artistic vision here is extraordinary and I agree yeah yeah and her vision is so unique and special I think yeah that should really garner some praise there and the casting we, we talked about but like it is uh, perfectly cast and that woman yeah, is for sure I mean you can't find another one like her. No. And nobody else could do this, you know? I didn't realize she was in Cam. I met the filmmakers of Cam, and I uh, I watched that film. I enjoyed it a great deal. I didn't have to go back and check it out. I did not realize uh, Samantha Robinson is her name. Yeah, I haven't actually watched yeah. Cam, but it's uh, listed in her credits, so I guess... Well, I have had uh, credits do me wrong before. Uh, it's pretty good. I, yeah, I, Relaxer came out the same year that Cam did. Mm-hmm. At, so we, we met the filmmakers at AFI that November of 2018, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great people, and uh, they're they're awesome. And, uh, yeah, check Cam out as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> we shouldn't be derailing into another <laughs> film necessarily, but... I, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's on my list. I'm going to watch Hell it sometime. Yeah. So two fours and a three. And would we recommend this movie? I would say yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've been recommending it to everybody. I love Hell it yeah. so much. Yeah, it's great even just for the vibes. Yeah. And the, and the Without beauty a doubt. of it, if nothing I else. I agree. Yeah. You're just not going to see anything in modern times made like this because there's just so much attention to detail that's required to pull this something like this off. Yeah. And I just don't. I don't know many filmmakers that are willing to go that extra yard, so I I think it's incredible. Yeah, it's very special. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. So in this part of the podcast, we just go off about whatever else we've been watching, uh, other movies, shows, whatever. So, Kali, what have you been watching? For my little Criterion thing I'm doing, I watched uh, Funny Games for the first time. The original or the oh, remake? which? Original. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I fucking loved it. Yeah? It rocked. Have you seen the remake? No, I have not. Is it worth watching? It's shot for shot uh, with different actors. It's so bizarre. But that's like another thing that I think is such a weird uh, exercise. It's, did the same guy do both of them, though? Michael Haneke did both of yeah. them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And oh. it's just crazy that he he matched his shots shot for shot with like a different cast for like a Western or American audience. Yeah, like, yeah. Because original film is what is it Swedish or uh, I Austrian? think it's like Austrian or something like that. It's like I thought it was German and then it was not. It was like a country around there. Not to be an idiot, but no, I know I can't remember where Michael Haneke is from either. But yeah, the same filmmaker made both movies so he made the same movie twice it's insane to think about yeah anyway so yeah i watched funny games i like it uh i'm very happy i saw it oh i watched disturbia with shia labeouf oh my gosh sucks wait did we talk about this already 
Oh, you and I just talked oh, on the okay. phone about it. Yeah, okay. Uh, don't watch Disturbia. <laughs> I watched the original Suspiria. Okay. Dario, oh, nice. Dario Argentos, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I really Absolutely. enjoyed. Yeah. I watched this crazy movie called Vamp. Uh, 1986 with Grace Jones. And it's oh yeah, I know this film. Basically, from dusk till dawn. It's basically that, except in a strip club in like New York. Okay. But it's cool. like the strippers are vampires. It's nuts. Good. Yeah, it's worth watching. Okay. It's just like <laughs> it is a comedy, and a lot of the comedy is bad, but very weird, <laughs> but very good. I watched uh, Little Joe. So out of the gorilla. No, that's Mighty Joe. <laughs> that's my that's Mighty Joe Young, you numbskull. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Little Joe is this like fucking <laughs> British movie about a killer uh, happy flower. Sci-fi. I think I'm afraid of flowers now. I watched Only God Forgives. How many movies you got? <laughs> this is the last one. Only God Forgives. That's a uh, Nicholas Reffin? Yeah. It was cool. pretty good. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> Josh, how about you? <laughs> I'm thinking uh, about the monkey. <laughs> I know. I, is I, that I, a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I should have seen something recently that it stands out. I haven't. I, I, like I said, I think earlier, like I've been watching so many podcasts and travel. Well, I'm tell like, us what podcast you're watching. How about that? So, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about these guys. Okay. Like, they have a lot of followers, so I think they're doing all right for themselves. But I still want to, as you may not have heard, well, we're in a global pandemic. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> um, but, so, you know, like, I've kind of, like, wanted to, like, travel, but I, I can't, mm-hmm. of course, right now. And um, so there's these th- three guys that I found out about, and they don't do their podcast together. I mean, wait. These are three they, they, separate guys. Three separate guys. Three, three different separate podcasts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But sometimes they they okay. do hang out together because they had the same sort of podcast. So they're just like, well, we should okay. just all do one together. Tell them what their names are. Yeah. So the first one that I found out about is uh, Jacob the Carpetbagger. <laughs> okay. Then Adam the Woo and Jordan the Lion. All right. And, That's why I'm and, like, these are three different podcasts. I thought they were all probably in the same thing. Because I know. Names. I know, like I'm trying to unravel this mystery myself. I'm trying to figure out from the from the comfort of my own couch what exactly is happening here. What's going on with these guys I, here? Yeah, they all have the middle name the, and you know it's just like what's going on here. But their 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 content is uh, extraordinary, and there's places around the country that I never even knew existed that these guys go and travel to, and they're not annoying at all. You know, like some yeah. people. Like have podcasts and just like, hey guys, today we're gonna do blah, yeah. like you know, it's just it's terrible. <laughs> so that's like drive time wanna... radio, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> and so, but but these guys are like actually just like normal dudes that are just like, no, I just like to go to uh, crazy roadside attractions, like, and they're just like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like they don't even give that much information. They just kind of show you, which I happen to love. Yeah. I love it when people just show you something, sure. you know, instead of. Uh, tell you what you're supposed to be we're always talking about show not tell oh yeah 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 yeah, absolutely it's crucial yeah so i don't know i've been watching a lot of those guys and then um yeah i'm trying to think you know this is embarrassing to admit but i uh until about two weeks ago had never watched any of the harry potter films oh okay so you're you're on a potter kick now no i did it like all in one weekend but like (laughs) (laughs) my my girlfriend's a huge fan and she was just kind of like I don't know if we can go on much longer if you don't <laughs> watch Harry Potter. And I was like, 
I was like, okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, they're pretty good. I, I can see why. I can see why people enjoy them. Companion piece to the Harry Potter films. You have to watch Thunderpants. Oh my What's God! Thund- yes. It has, what is Thunderpants? It has Rupert Grint in it. It's also from like 2002. Oh, Rupert's in it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yep. It's on YouTube for free. You should just look it up. I don't know. It's very good. It's oh, I'm on it. Yeah, very funny. Check, totally check that out. <laughs> About a kid who can't stop farting, uh, and it don't goes spoil on. Spoiler! Amazing. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, all right. Did you have other things, or was that it? No, that's kind of what I've been up to. I mean, I'm sure that there's something that would pop in my head, but I should be delving back into cinema more. I've just kind of gotten in the habit since the pandemic and lockdown to just kind of be surprised at what do pops what up in my you YouTube. Feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. I've been watching. I got a few things to name. I watched Tell Them Anything You Want, a portrait of Maurice Sendak, who oh, is, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the guy who yeah. wrote Where the Wild Things Are and other books. It's just like a 40 minute thing directed by Spike Jones. I found it free somewhere. I don't remember where, but it's very good. Yeah. Just like a little portrait of this man's life and kind of his search for meaning in life. And I also didn't know he was gay, which is just cool to me. Very good little short thing. Agreed. I lo- yeah, I love that film. You saw yeah. it? Yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. very good. I watched a movie called Los Lobos or The Wolves, which is in Spanish. And it's like about a struggling immigrant family, like a mom and her two little sons who just moved to America and are like trying to get off their feet, but uh, having a hard time. And the, the movie like focuses on the on the young sons. It follows their journey. And they're like three and five or something like that. So they're very little but it's very well done and just like a heartwarming heartbreaking story i watched all right i might be canceled for this one if anybody's seen it because it was so offensive uh i watched this movie called wrong cops okay. which is a it's a quentin depew movie who did rubber and he did wrong mm-hmm. which are two movies that i love uh but this movie was i don't know this film or that director at all you've I never seen rubber I don't think about, so. About like the tire really? who kills people? No, no. Whoa. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, it's like it was uh, maybe came out in like 2009 or something like that. It was very big at the time and it's like just kind of notorious because it's such a absurd story or mm-hmm. absurd movie. And and he's kind of known for being like an absurdist director. Mm-hmm. And I so I watched the movie Wrong, uh, I don't know, like a month ago or something. Uh, I think I talked about it on the podcast, and that movie was also very good. Uh, it's just very absurd and funny and weird and cool and unique. Like they, they're just yeah. really cool. But uh, Wrong Cops was, it was just bad. I don't know. It had Marilyn Manson in it too, which was another ding against. But like most of the jokes in the movie are like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if like a guy was gay with another guy? Ha ha ha, so funny. Somebody does like gay porn, and it's like a big mm-hmm. joke in the movie. Um, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it was. I just found it to be really offensive and bad. And like, what's fun about his other movies is like how absurd they are and goofy. And there just wasn't that much uh, absurdism in this movie as well. There's really just like one gag that they run throughout the movie, and uh, otherwise it's more like realistic kind of. Just did not hit, and I I can't recommend that movie. Wrong cops. Okay. I watched Give Me the Loot. With Ty Hickson, who was... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ty. Yeah. Ty, yeah. He's a fucking star in the movie. He's so good in the movie. What is it? It's hard to say what it's about. It's just, like, about this guy and this girl who are taggers. They're, like, spray painter tagger people. A day in their life or something. <laughs> Uh, it's going to sound boring to describe, but it's it's uh, fun to watch. I like the movie. Uh, and Ty was just great. And um, 
All right, and then I watched a short that was really good. I've been trying to watch a short every day, and it's going great. I love shorts. So I w- so uh, let me ask you this: do you have a, do you have a resource where you recommend uh, people go to to specifically seek out short films? Well, the thing about shorts is they're complicated. <laughs> so normally, yeah, I, they are. <laughs> yeah, I find a lot of shorts. So I have like a letterboxed. So I'll constantly be finding mm-hmm. shorts. Uh, I'm always looking up if I liked a director. Almost every director has shorts in their uh, filmography somewhere. So I'm always adding shorts to the list. To find them, I usually just Google. Like this one's called To the Moon. So I would Google To the Moon short streaming <laughs> and find it uh there are a lot mm-hmm. on vimeo there are some on youtube that's that's mainly the two main places that they are is vimeo and youtube that i end up finding them some of them are just impossible uh some of them are hosted on uh individual like distributor websites so that's what makes them complicated but when you find them they're really good i believe to the moon was on vimeo so that was a really good short it's written by and stars john reynolds from search party and okay. also has features sunita oh, yeah. mani who was in death of dick long and uh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really cute it's about like an old sportscaster man trying to find a woman he fell in love with years ago and he's like reading his memoir for kids and just trying to find this woman yeah i don't know really good cute short that's all the things i've been watching i will say no more <laughs> so now it's time for josh to play as a song do you still have the energy <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Like I said, it's 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 uh it's been a while, so we're gonna try to see if I can uh don't give this any uh, don't give any qualifiers here. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, yeah, this is a song. Um, I wrote this in 2005 called "Insult to Injury." The reason I chose this song is during that time you had the Iraq War going on and uh, Hurricane Katrina, and all these things happening, and so I was questioning about interpersonal relationships um, where love and violence can exist. And so I wrote this kind of song, which is purely fictional, mm-hmm. however, uh, about a person who is transitioning from one relationship, a bad breakup, and then into another relationship, and the awkwardness of that. And, and the reason I just gave that context is just because it was a, such a strange, violent world back in those days. Yeah. Some some of that, I think, comes out a little bit. I played it for my girlfriend, and she said, you can't say the B word in a song anymore. And I was like, well, I didn't write this song yesterday, so yeah. hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully the context works out and the story gets <laughs> gets told just the same. Cool. Anyway, insult to injury. for a telephone call And if you're not one who could just let it go Hang on with your fist well clenched The wind whips around a gazebo in the park And I stay with Emily until well after dark Birthday candles blown out on night skies I'd wish And it's never been as good as this No, it's never been as good as this Tell me 
story of love at first sight I won't believe it But then again I just might I'm a sucker for anything that breathes me life Dominoes must be set up before they fall Good luck with wolf whistles and cat calls In a world that comments on what it thinks it dreams They laugh at my true love and me Shelly, apologize to her at once You're acting as if you never have grown up So keep quiet, and if not, then go suck your thumb Baby, forget what she said, she's a bitch I'm down and you're the one I'm down with So stand up, there's traces of gold in your hair true love and me is it over that's it hell yeah that was beautiful (laughs) thank you thank you i got it pretty close i got it pretty close yeah (laughs) no that rocked thank you so much for playing a song for us my my pleasure yeah i appreciate it (laughs) oh my gosh i love so much okay yeah, find find the rest of uh, Josh's songs online. Chance Jones, Chance Jones one dot bandcamp dot com, obviously. <laughs> Do you have stuff to plug, or where can people find you online? Uh, no, you can just Google me. <laughs> 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 I wish I had something to plug specifically. I, You're I hilarious. Not. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'll around. do your plugs. I'm around. All Watch right. all of Josh's movies. Watch all the Sob Noise movies and all of them except for one. What is that? Relaxer, Buzzard, Ape. Coyote. Coyote. Um, yeah, watch the uh, the Revenant, 20th Century Women. Yeah. You have that, uh, oh, what's the thing called on Hulu? Oh, uh, on Hulu, an episode of Into the Dark called um, the Current Occupants. The Current Occupant. That's correct. Yes, yes. And uh, 
I'll be sure to let you guys know if I have anything else coming up. Um, well, all right, cool. I just want, yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me on, and it was absolutely a delight and a pleasure to uh, <laughs> chat and joke and talk to you guys about the Love Witch and just uh, talk in general. And like, it was an abs- yeah. absolute thrill, and I had a blast, and it was so fun. So thank you so much. Aww. I'm so glad that you had a great time. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you on the pod. I am, yeah, absolutely. so happy that you came here with us. <laughs> <laughs> and and we also came all this way time. yeah and uh we've gone so long but thank you for sticking with us the whole time <laughs> oh no it was a thrill it was awesome oh, awesome time yeah. um all right sure. so y- you can find us on instagram and everywhere else at screen vomit one word on all the things uh subscribe on your podcast app if you haven't already leave us a rate and review tell your friends send us an email at screen at gmail.com or you can tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies suggest a movie kali hey if you wanna listen to me holler and scream about unions and labor and stuff like that i got a podcast called how to fire your boss check it out it's on all the stuff all right and next week we'll be watching the platform which is on netflix so check out that movie check out next week's ep and all of the eps we ever do of course and forever and ever <laughs> all right uh thanks again josh for hanging with us thank you oh, so much thank josh. you kayla thank you colin it was um, awesome all right Hell and we'll yeah. see everybody next week bye bye goodbye <laughs> say bye josh Goodbye.